fresh every Tuesday for MSPs around the world. Around the world. This is Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Welcome, my friend, to another fantastic podcast. Here's what I got coming up for you this week. I'm Matt Tompkins of Two Brothers Creative, and on Paul's podcast, we're going to talk about emotional marketing and why this matters more than facts. It is the ultimate showdown of facts versus feelings. Turns out people aren't making their decisions based on the facts. They're basing it on emotional marketing. We're going to teach you how you can leverage this to get more customers and keep those customers happy. And on top of that fantastic interview with Matt later on, we're going to be looking at your website. In particular, I have five common website mistakes. How many of them are you making on yours? Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. Let's start this week with a very interesting question. This is the question. Is Facebook a viable marketing platform for MSPs? And my answer to this is yes, but you can imagine a dot 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 after that so yes comma but dot 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 let me explain now facebook in general is a viable marketing platform for almost any business whether you're targeting other businesses as you are or you were a restaurant looking to reach consumers there are better platforms for each of those businesses but facebook is kind of like the the everything platform facebook is one of those platforms that and i'm going to put this in speech marks that everyone is on. And I say this as my 13-year-old daughter has just joined Facebook with my permission and with my blessing. It was actually pretty much one of the only social platforms she wasn't already illegally on uh, as a 12-year-old. As he says, rolling his eyes. Uh, but you know, Instagram, Snapchat, all of that. Of course she went on those because all her friends did. Facebook, she didn't. Uh, primarily because Facebook is seen by 13-year-olds as the old person's platform. Because I'm on it, right? No one wants to be on a platform their parents are on. But she has joined it because there are various groups she's a member of, you know, Facebook groups for drama things that she does. And she's discovered that of the 10 million Facebook groups out there, some of them are really things that she's interested in. And she's she's realized there are communities on Facebook that she wants to be part of, which is cool. And that's the beauty of Facebook. I think it has, as a product, it has transcended almost all generations. You know, I talk to my elderly relatives on Facebook. I now have messages from and interactions with my 13-year-old on Facebook. A lot of my other friends are on Facebook. In fact, it's become the place where I have I have my friends, I have my clients, you know, I'm connected to all sorts of people on Facebook. And I realize that not everyone uses Facebook, but it is, I would say, if there was one universal platform, it would be Facebook. Whatever your views of it, whether you love it or hate it, you kind of have to to look at it as, as what's the average person doing with this platform. Compared to something like Instagram, which does tend to skew a little bit younger and tends to skew a bit more female. Compared with something like Snapchat, which is, that's for the kids, isn't it? Compared with LinkedIn, which is very much a B2B platform and is not really used for by consumers. And certainly compared to something like TikTok. So TikTok is huge and TikTok is increasingly being used for search and being used for, you know, for news and being used for entertainment. But again, and skewing young. You may be in your 40s and getting down on TikTok, man. 
how old do I sound saying that? But that's not the universal thing. You know, that's that's not a, a universal. You don't get 70 year olds on TikTok getting down to those videos. That's just not the platform for them. So that's the power to me of Facebook. It is the universal social media tool. And that's why it could be a viable platform for you. Now, I say could, and we, we go back to what I said at the beginning, where I said, yes, it's a viable platform, dot, 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 but, dot, dot, dot. The but is that there are other platforms that are more powerful to you than Facebook. So if you are like the average MSP, where you have a very small amount of time, a very low level of time for marketing, and you want to make sure you get the best bang for your buck, you want to focus on the things that are going to give you the best return, then I would recommend that you look at LinkedIn number one, because LinkedIn is where all of your future clients are. It's where all of your prospects are. That's the place to start. The second place I would recommend you look is your email database. So building up email addresses, you can actually do this from LinkedIn, you can build connections on LinkedIn, and then get their email addresses and put them into your CRM, your customer relationship manager, your, your MailChimp or your MailerLite, whatever you're using. And I think those two platforms have a greater uh, payoff for the average MSP than Facebook. So Facebook should be almost like the third platform, maybe even the fourth platform, if you kind of look at YouTube as well. What I'm saying is, if you have a very small amount of marketing time, Facebook is not the right thing for you. But if you have more marketing time and you've got lots of resources and you're, let's say you've repositioned yourself, start of a new year, doing it a new way, and you want to spend a couple of hours a day on marketing, then yes, Facebook can be a very, very viable thing for you to use. Now, one of the things that Facebook is really good for is something called remarketing. Remarketing is where you put adverts in front of people who've already had some kind of interaction with you. It's an incredibly effective and powerful thing to do. So powerful, so effective, that we're going to look at it properly in next week's episode. Here's this week's Clever Idea. So I know we're a couple of weeks into January itself, but this is our first normal podcast of 2024. And I fancy starting a mini series. I'm going to do this for at least two weeks. I might get a third week. I'm not quite sure. But we're going to talk about common mistakes you make on your website. I've got five for you today, another five next week. Maybe we'll have a few more the week after that. We will see. But the what we're going to talk about are the things that many MSPs get completely wrong on their website. Really, I could turn this into a 20-week series because so many MSPs' websites just don't hit the spot. They're just not there. You know, you think of your website, it's your number one marketing tool, the most important piece of marketing collateral you could ever have. That's your website. And I know many people that you may have put hours and hours and hours and thousands and thousands of pounds or dollars into your website, and yet it may still just fall short. And that's not your fault. Most MSPs are in exactly the same boat. Partly it's not really understanding who we're trying to reach. Partly it's not really understanding why they would pick you over your competitor. And partly it's just the complexity, you know? These things are difficult. Websites are difficult. So let's run through five common mistakes today. And the first of them is having a website which looks and feels exactly the same 
as your competitors. And that may have come out of the fact that you use the same kind of web firms or you just, you know, you're just pulling the, the same kind of template out of WordPress or you're just kind of looking at your competitors. And sometimes when you don't know what to do, it feels easy to, to copy or be inspired by what other people are doing. The problem with this, and by the way, this isn't just a design thing. This is a feeling thing where your website seems to be the same as your competitors. There's nothing about it that makes it stand out. The big problem with this is when the average business owner or manager, that ordinary decision maker that you want to reach, when they are ready to think about switching MSP and they go and Google IT support your town or whatever they Google and they click on five websites, your website and four of your competitors. If all of those websites look exactly the same and feel exactly the same, then it's very hard for them to know who to speak to. If they all of them have a weak headline and a stock image of unreal looking people or you know computers or cables and then boxes of services and a little bit of blurb about you know your business but not very much about their business if they're all that kind of the same and that's what we mean by the samey that's what we mean by the same they can all have different designs but essentially come across the same we're actually making it harder and harder and harder for that ordinary decision maker to to pick someone how do they pick someone when everyone seems to be the same the goal for you is to be what we in marketing call the purple cow. Now, this is actually a book by an author called Seth Godin. It came out, I think, in like the mid to late 90s. And it's very much about standing out. If you imagine a field full of cows, they're all black and white. Apart from one of them, the purple cow. Which cow is going to stand out? Well, obviously, it's going to be the purple one because it's unusual. So you want your website and your marketing to be the purple cow. You want it to stand out ahead of the crowd, out of the herd, as it were. Um, it's quite a short read, by the way. Seth Godin, G-O-D-I-N. It's probably on Audible, but it's definitely on uh, Amazon or at a bookshop. Go and look up Purple Cow. So that's the first one, is looking, feeling the same as your competitors. The second mistake that many MSPs make is believing that the, the prospect cares about you. Now, there is a point at which they care about you, but it's quite late on in the buying journey. At the point that they are going to look at your website, so they're doing some Google, or a friend has said, oh, you should talk to my IT people, or however they get to your website. At this stage, they don't care about you. They only care about you in terms of what you can do for them. That's the thing that they care most about. Now, there does come a point, as I say, down the sales journey, it's, it's when they're nearly ready to pick you and they're nearly ready to say, you, you are the ones that I want to go for. That's the point at which they start to care about you and they start to say, right, is this a solid business? Who's leading this? Who are the people I'm gonna be dealing with? What's the culture? What are the values? We, we all pick suppliers that match up to us. Well, we, we attempt to, don't we? And certainly something like an MSP, I mean, that's a, that's a massive thing. They know that they are picking you for a number of years. No one wants to pick an MSP and have to change it down the line. That's a nightmare for them. So they, they know they're making a multi-year commitment to you, even if they're only signing a 12-month contract. So yeah, at that point, they care about you. But early on in the journey, when they're first visiting your website, it's about them and not you. And this is why more of your website should be focused on them than it should about you. 
Now, I know you well, you know on your website you should have your homepage and your About Us page. And if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you've heard, you'll have heard me say that the homepages and the About Us pages are the two most important pages on the website. But here's the thing. That About Us page is not really about us, about you. It should be about the customer. You can write an About Us page so that it attracts and appeals to the people that you are trying to talk to. So rather than just talking about your history and what you do and your team, you talk about how a number of local businesses benefit from the team. You can talk about how this amount of history means that we understand how to strategize IT for people, etc, etc. So you're always writing it from the point of view, or for anything on your website, is written from the point of view of the one person who's reading it right now. Websites, just like a podcast, just like radio, just like any marketing, unless you've physically got a bunch of people sat together, all marketing should talk to one person at a time. This podcast has many, many, many listeners and many viewers, but right now, I'm just talking to you because it's just you and me, right? So, and it's exactly the same with your website. Your website talks to that one person that's reading that page right now. There may actually be 10 people on your site, but they don't know that because they're not in a room together. So it's always a one-on-one -on -one, and that one-on-one -on -one is very much about them and not about you. So third common website mistake, and that is distracting people from the customer journey. You've kind of got to get yourself in the head and the hearts of the people who are on your website and ask yourself, why are they here? What do they want? And what's the journey they're going on? Now, there will be some vendors that are on your website. Ignore them, they don't matter. There will be some tire kickers on your website. Ignore them, they definitely don't matter. But what we are doing or what we need to do is to make sure your website talks directly to the people who in two months time are going to sign a contract with you and are going to join you as your latest client. What's the journey they go on from here where they're just doing some research and just going onto your site? What's the journey from here to that point where they are physically signing that contract? That's what we call the customer journey. And you need to make sure you don't get in the way of that customer journey. Ways that you'd get in the way of that customer journey is trying too hard to collect their data. Pop-ups, I hate pop-ups on websites. I've used pop-ups on my sites in the past, of course I have, everyone's done pop-ups. But it's 2024 now, we don't use pop-ups these days because pop-ups are just a distraction. What we've got to do is ask, in that journey, what are they doing? What are the research? What's the research they're doing right now? What are they? What's the information they need to gather? What's the next step for them? I always think the next step from anyone that's on your website is booking a 15-minute Zoom with you. And it needs to be 15 minutes because that's a very low commitment for them. It needs to be Zoom or Google Meet, preferably Zoom though, because Zoom is the standard tool that people use. Not Teams, Teams is horrible. For people, for people who use Teams, Teams is fine. But for people who don't use Teams, Teams is a real pain to get set up. Whereas Zoom is actually relatively easy if you've never used it before. And who hasn't used Zoom before, right? Or we're talking ordinary people here, not techs. Um, so that's the customer journey. And this is why your website has got to have an utter focus on the next step. The next step, that book a 15 minute call with me. Here's my live calendar, book it in when, it's, when you're free and when I'm free. And you've got to keep your whole website focused on that next step because that next step is the next step in their journey.
That leads on to mistake number four, which is directly related to this, which is not answering their questions. Of course, they're going to have questions. They're going to have some questions about you, but those are down the line questions. Remember, the questions they've got right now are: Should we do this in our business? Is this safe in our business? We weren't happy with our last people because of X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. How do you overcome those things? It could, which could be as simple as. We weren't happy with the level of support we got with them, or we weren't happy with how long it took to answer the phone, or we weren't happy with how they looked after us. How would you do that differently? You've got to make sure your website answers their questions. And the easiest way to do that is to have an FAQ section, a frequently asked questions section, and stroke or you take the they ask. You answer approach. So they ask you answer.、Uh, in fact, we did an amazing interview with Marcus Sheridan, the author of that book. They ask you answer. We did that about a year ago. If you go back to, I think off the top of my head, it's something like episode one sixty eight of the podcast. But it was January twenty twenty three, and they ask you answer is an amazing book about your content marketing, but especially your website, where you anticipate the things that people ask you. Based on hearing the same questions again and again and again during sales meetings, and you answer those questions in your marketing, on your website, in your emails, and in your pre-sales literature and videos. And go and read or listen to "They Ask You Answer" to get the lowdown on that. And then we have the fifth most common mistake, which is not connecting one human to another human. People buy from people, and if you forget that, and you Consider that they are buying from a brand. They're buying from your your brand, your MSP's brand name, which they're not, by the way. You could be the biggest MSP on the planet, and unless you're literally a household name like Microsoft, they're not buying from your brand. They're buying from people. They're buying from you. Or they're buying from the whoever's on the website, the, who's the who's the face of the business, which may be you, or they're buying from the salesperson that sits in front of them, and they really do buy from that person. We as humans, we think that we're making logical brain decisions based on facts and evidence, but we're not. We really aren't. Even something as important and big as buying MSP services, we are doing it with our hearts. And we're justifying it with our head, and that's why you've got to make sure that your website, and in fact all of your marketing, is so full of emotions and connection, and your heart connecting to their heart, and building trust with them, and showing that you are a likable character that they can trust. All of this is so important, and it's the thing that makes the difference between a website that generates leads and a website that just simply doesn't generate leads. But listen, I have five more common mistakes for you that you may be making on your website, and I'll bring those to you in next week's episode. Paul's, Paul's blatant plug. One of the most powerful ways to learn anything is to use the world's favorite video platform. What's that called? Yeah, of course, it's called YouTube, and there's so much great stuff on YouTube. There's a lot of crap as well, but there's a lot of very, very good stuff on YouTube. And we have recently completely changed our YouTube strategy. We've gone away from sort of putting small clips of how to grow your MSP because that's okay, but we wanted to go a little bit different and really make some impactful content. So we've started producing longer YouTube videos that have a lot more entertainment baked into them. The idea being that you can learn about growing your MSP and how to get more new clients while actually having some fun as well. And here's just a short example of something we've done recently. Has anyone ever told you how to turn prospects into clients with lasagna? 
Let's set the scene. You need a new client. You've developed a promising lead. You've had some positive conversations with stakeholders and you're invited to pitch. But then, for some reason, they go cold and you lose them. How do you stop this from happening again? With these three lasagnas. And I don't mean you need to invite your prospects round to dinner. I mean, you can if you want to, but I'll let someone else explain. Hi, this is Jamie Warner from Envirosoft. I built my MSP organically to $10 million in revenue. So if you want more content like that and you want to learn while you laugh, hopefully while you laugh anyway, then just head over to our channel. It's youtube.com slash MSP marketing. The big, big, big interview. Hi, my name is Matt Tompkins. I'm the co-founder of a content marketing agency, Two Brothers Creative, based out of Omaha, Nebraska, USA. And welcome to the show, Matt. Now, um, you've got a great company name, and we're going to explore where that comes from in a second. I think we can guess where it might come from, but we will go there in a second. Um, if you, for our audience, if you if you listen to the podcast on one of the many audio platforms, and you often wonder what our guests look like, or you know where are they? This is one of those that, particularly if you're an MCU fan, you want to be getting onto onto YouTube and just looking at the podcast because Matt has one of those classic sort of you know YouTube studio setups and he's got Iron Man's mask at the back and earlier on just before the interview he was showing me all of his toys he's got like Groot and Spider-Man and Batman and all sort of stuff hiding in the background so you, you definitely win the, the geekiest coolest home video setup that's for sure everybody seems to love it I, I, and I love it too because I am a Marvel nerd and I, I have no shame about that at all I could say that out loud proudly Okay, so post interview, then we, we need to go down the MCU route, but we won't do it. We won't do it now because it can be boring for non MCU people, uh, particularly as it's got so complicated since the Disney Plus stuff came along. Anyway, um, let's talk about your your business. So you're called Two Brothers. Is it as simple as it's, it's you and it's your brother? It is as simple as that. It started as my brother and I. We had the opportunity in uh, 2014 to produce the first ever sketch comedy television show. It was a half hour show in the Midwest here in the United States that followed Saturday Night Live every week. We signed on thinking, oh, this will be easy. We've done YouTube sketches before. And we found out real fast how hard it is to produce a weekly comedy show, especially when our our budget, our gross budget was $500 US dollars per episode. That was all we had to work with. Uh, that actually is what created this company because we found all of these workarounds and, and ways to produce content, both written, video, audio, to deliver that to small business owners who didn't have a massive budget and needed that help. And so that's kind of where we cut our teeth. We both came from uh, about 17 years working together in radio as well and broadcasting. So a lot of experience on, on radio and television. And it led us to where we are today, where we're uh, doing the thing I never thought I'd be doing, which is uh, being a, an owner of a business and entrepreneur and uh, loving every minute of it because it's really just as simple as we love helping people. We love learning really. And then using that to help people. That's really what our passion is. That's so cool. And of course, I'm a, I'm a former radio guy as well. I did 10 years in radio, so back to mid 90s to mid noughties. So look at us, the two ex-radio guys <laughs> talking about video now and running yep. our own businesses. Let's be honest, this is much better than working in radio, isn't it? Oh, I mean, you, God. You, you, yes. you know, radio radio's fun at the time, but like any job, when, when you've had enough of it, you've had enough of it. So what I, did you do? Were you, a, were you a presenter, a DJ? 
Yeah, so we uh, ho I hosted a variety of shows. My brother and I had a show called The Matt and Ben Show. It was an afternoon FM radio show, so a music station. Uh, we did that on a few different stations. And then I, I hosted uh, news talk shows, so like a three-hour talk show Monday through Friday. Uh, did some morning show radio after that. I even hosted a nationally syndicated uh, talk show on SiriusXM for a while, uh, which was kind of a fun experience. That's actually what gave me the funds, to be honest. I had the actual money to build my own first studio in my house, so that was kind of cool. But yeah, so variety about just about every format from like top 40 to country music stations. I mean, we got to meet all the big stars like before they were stars, like Taylor Swift, I'll never forget, played her her song in our studio and there was only like five people that showed up because nobody knew who she was at the time. So, wow. Wow. yeah. That's that's an insane story, that is. That's the kind of story you can dine out on for the rest of your life, isn't it? Something like that. And I do, and I do, yes. <laughs> no, I'm sure you do. You've got that, you've got that yeah. celebrity drop-in just, just as quickly yep. as you possibly could. So um, we're talking about videos, and we, we will come on to talk about exactly what you guys do and how you can help MSPs with the videos. But the, the content, that the subject I really want to drill in to is emotions and putting emotional content out there. Now, the reason I think this is of, of great interest is I know, because I, I talk to lots of MSPs all the time. I'll talk to five or 10 different MSPs a week. I've got Facebook groups, LinkedIn. I'm constantly talking to MSPs because it's how you have to keep in touch with what people are asking and talking about, right? And, yeah. and I know that one of the things that, that MSPs fear the most, not just in video, or especially in video, but in, in all of their marketing is emotional content. And you look at the average MSP's website and it's very dry and it's very factual and it's about this is what we do, this is what we, you know, these are the services, this is what we can buy, and there's no emotional stuff to it. And and I feel like I've spent the last four and a bit years on this podcast hitting hitting a big drum that says be emotional, you know, be a person, be a real person, connect to other people, because people buy it from people. And and I, I think this is an ongoing mission. What's your experience of of MSPs that you've worked with and other kind of business owners and their kind of attitude to, towards being more emotional in their marketing. I think emotional marketing, it is universal. And that's, I think that's hard to understand because MSPs, especially a lot in the IT world, you're looking at facts and numbers and figures. It's really easy to look at this and say, oh, this is a no brainer decision. I obviously, if you compare the facts, I have the better service, they're gonna choose me. That really doesn't matter, facts don't matter in marketing. Marketing is all about perception. It is all about how you're making someone feel. A great example of this is both in the UK and the United States, look at our politics. You can't change someone's mind based on the facts. It is impossible. Uh, it is all based on the emotional connection. And there's there's three distinct like emotional connections you can make or reasons that people make a decision to purchase. And we can get into those in a second. But the, the overarching theme here is you have to disconnect from the facts. The facts are just a part of it. They don't mean everything. And so, you know, business owners, uh, MSPs, if you're looking for that new client, you have to understand they're looking for someone that they know, like, and trust. And trust is that key component. So the reason you have to invest in emotions in your market and marketing. When I say invest in emotions, I mean you need to build a emotional connection of some kind. That is so that you can establish trust. When people trust you, they will fill in the blanks. It's almost, we have clients where they trust us. I keep continuing to do my sales pitch and they're like, no, Matt, stop. Listen, you, we trust you. We don't need to hear the rest. And it's as simple as that. When it comes to your marketing, it is as simple as perception is everything. Trust is how you build that new client, that new relationship. 
Yeah. So, so what what is it then that that makes it so difficult to do that emotional marketing? Is it is it fear of of I don't know fear of, of coming across as a fraud or or is it is it in fact do you know what I wonder if it's this is it the fear that you will look unprofessional? Do you think MSP owners are scared that they will come across as unprofessional if if they're emotive in their marketing? Well, and I think, and you hit on something there that I think is important, and that is we think of emotions and we think of emotional marketing and we think, okay, I gotta go cry on camera or what's that mean? I have to, you know, I have to have wear, wear my heart on my sleeve. No, that's, that's not what that means. There are so many different emotions, like, you know, trusting someone. How do you build trust with someone, right? You're gonna show that you're calm, you're rational, you're reliable, that they can count on you. That is connecting with their their emotions with your marketing. And so it doesn't mean necessarily you have to reveal more of yourself. You don't wanna be something that you're not naturally, right? You don't wanna try and fake it. And I think the uh, musician Pink said, like, uh, you, everybody should have one good cry per day. And you don't have to start crying on camera every single day, right? You don't have to follow Pink's advice. Uh, be yourself. But an easy way to frame this is, and this is a hard, kind of hard thing to swallow for for myself, for any business owner, for any MSP is, people don't care about your business, they care about what your business can do for them. So think about your ideal customer and what is it that drives them? What is it that moves them, that really, impacts their life with what they're doing as your customer. Focus on that emotional side of it. So how can you bring out the emotion of they're looking for someone that they can trust and rely on. So how can you convey that to them? How can you show that you are the person behind the company that they can invest in? Those That's the type of emotions you wanna focus on. So I think that we, we initially think it's all about just revealing more of our own emotions. It's really figuring out what are the emotions of your ideal customer? Focus on that and then present yourself in a way that's going to build on that emotional connection. Yeah, that makes sense. And in a second, I'm going to ask you some, some practical, you know, uh, practical actions that we can take to actually implement yeah. that. As you were talking there, I, it occurred to me that this is kind of like dating, isn't it? Oh, it's, God, it's, yes. You, you know, and I, <laughs> I've, I've been single for a horrendously long time, not because I'm a nutter or anything like that. It's just sort of circumstance of, of my life. But recently met someone. She's nice. She seems to like me. I like her. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like we've got our fourth date this week. So it's, mm -hmm. it's very slow and it's in and, and it's, it's like a getting to know you thing. In fact, as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking this is a future podcast subject. <laughs> Relate, relating yeah. the dating to the to the marketing. She may not be so happy about that, but maybe she'll never know. You're hitting on, this is this is actually 100% true. So there are three stages of any relationship. It doesn't matter if it's a business relationship, relationship with a client or a personal relationship uh, with somebody. And, and this is really important. So I'm glad you brought this up because your analogy of dating is perfect for this, for anybody, any MSP listening, first you're going to get their attention. So think of it as, you know, let's say you're walking down the beach and this, this this new friend that you've met that you're dating, uh, she saw you, she saw, obviously I'm sure you have like a six pack abs and everything. So she saw you, she said, look at this good looking guy here walking on the beach, right? You got her attention. Then you want to uh, inform them that you're something more, all right? So you want to show that you're something more. So you want to uh, you want to show, okay, you're, you're a dad, you're a great father, you care about family, it's a priority to you. You know, maybe you're, you're really smart, you have a degree, you've done this, you've done that, you, you donate to these causes, you're passionate about this. And they say, this isn't more more than just, this is someone is more than just this good looking thing I saw that got my attention. There is something more. And then there's the commitment, which is the final stage. And sometimes people can jump right in. They can run to Las Vegas, Nevada and get married like that night. And they jump from like, 
meeting someone to getting married, but most people it's an evolution. And so that enlightenment phase, which is that second phase, that is important. And that's where all this marketing comes in. So you've gotten their attention through a piece of content or your marketing that you put out there. Now, how are you going to back that up? How are you going to enlighten them? Is it through nurture email campaigns that you send out? Is it informational content and blog articles that you're posting on your website? You know, is it content you're sharing on social media? How are you going to enlighten them to get them to that commitment phase? So that's your analogy you brought up is is perfect for marketing because it's just as accurate, just as true in marketing as it is with a personal relationship. Yeah, I'm thinking a side business here, the MSP dating expert. That could be, uh, you know, you, well, you could do that, Matt. I think you sure. just There's hit little, on something little. big, yes. Yeah, let's yeah, swipe maybe. right on that idea, yes. <laughs> oh, I like that, I like that. While we're on that, don't ever do <laughs> Tinder. I don't know if, you, if you're married, if you have someone important in your life, but keep that person. <laughs> Tinder is a nightmare. All of the apps are a nightmare. I met this one off apps, and that, that's a big that's thing good. in like the, yeah. the old person dating world, which is the world I'm in, is when, you, when you're introduced by an actual human to another human, you cling on, not cling on, that makes you sound clingy, but you, you go for that. That's, that's, a, that's a big deal. Anyway, dating stuff to one side, marketing stuff coming back in. Let's talk about practical actions. So imagine you're an MSP owner, uh, you're, you're a technical person at heart, you, you, yep. you like fixing things, you like logical problems, you like helping people. That's your, that's 80% of the MSPs that I've met. And then marketing is a dark art. It's, mm -hmm. it's a confusing dark art. You know you've got to do more of it because you want more of those clients, but that the whole where to start, you know, what to do in what order is is the most confusing thing, hence listening to a podcast like this. Hmm. So if you were in that situation, or if you were advising someone in that situation in the context of emotional marketing, what kind of things could they do to get started? Well, I think there's, there's three problems here that you need to look at, and you need to understand how your your ideal customer, your target market is going to make that purchase decision. And this this spans across any industry, any company, whatever product or service you're selling. So MSPs, this rings true with you just as much as someone selling, you know, homemade socks or candles on a website, right? So the three problems are there are an external problem, an internal problem, and a philosophical problem. So the external problem is I, let's use a car analogy, all right? So I need to buy a car because I need to get from point A to point B. I need a vehicle, right? That's the external problem. So for an MSP, it's a service you're providing. It solves this problem for you. The mistake that people make is we try and list, think of that only that problem is the reason why they're going to make the decision to hire us or contract us. The second problem is, the, is how they actually make the decision, and that is the internal problem, okay? So the internal problem is, yes, I need a vehicle, but you know, I want a vehicle that shows shows my neighbor Todd up because Todd, oh, he has this brand new, nice, you know, uh, hybrid. I'm going to get myself a Tesla, and I'm really going to show off my status and feel good about myself and feel proud. So the internal problem is what is it, what is motivating them emotionally. So the external problem is kind of the fact based problem that you're solving. The internal problem is the emotional problem that you're solving, and then the philosophical problem is feeling as if you belong to something bigger than you. So by buying that Tesla, I I am saving uh, my carbon emissions. You know, I, I'm not contributing to polluting the environment. So I feel like I'm contributing something positive to something bigger than myself. So if you hit all three of those, if you can solve all three of those problems, you have hit a grand slam, you've hit a home run, you are going to land that ideal customer. If you only focus on the external problem, if you only focus on just that one problem you're solving, you're really going to struggle to land those new
new clients because we most 99% of people don't base a purchase decision off of just that external problem. Most people base the decision on the internal problem, which is why should I make this for me? Like, how does this make my life better? How does this move my myself forward or drive me where I'm wanting to go? And then that philosophical. So try and hit all three. But if you're focusing your efforts on that in on one problem in particular, really focus on the internal problem versus that external problem. Yeah, I love that and completely agree with you on that. Okay, final final kind of subject, which let's let's bring video into this. So is video the, the main thing that you guys do now? Yeah, so we um, we started in the world of audio with radio. When we did the television show, we we cut our teeth and learn really quick about video production. And today it's important to understand that every social media platform is now a video platform. And every platform from Google to YouTube to Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, they are all rewarding video content the highest above all other forms of content that you put out there. So some, some things to consider, like let's say you write some content for your website, well, do a video version of that and put it on the same page or the same blog. It is going to help. Oftentimes what we see with clients we'll do we'll apply the same we do organic SEO and things like search engine optimization for clients to help them rank higher what we see is we could do a written blog but if we do a video version of that blog it's gonna show up faster because there are a lot of people, a lot of business owners that just aren't thinking in this this mindset that really rings true today more than ever. And that is everything needs to be in video. I mean, I think it's about 75 percent or customers are 75 percent more likely to make a purchase. If there's a video that accompanies that product, um, they're more likely to watch a video than they are to read a bunch of of copy. And so you, I think the important thing for any MSP listening now is that Everything needs to include video. Video needs to be incorporated in your marketing efforts. Even if it's you behind the scenes, it doesn't have to be as nice as, as either of our sets that we have here behind us here today. Even if it's just you on your phone using you know, the world's most powerful uh, device today to just capture that content and connect with people uh, because that is how people are consuming content today in video. So it's it's. I, I believe it's a standard requirement now, um, you know, and I kudos to you for investing in the video side of of podcasting, because a lot of people you say, hey, I listen to a podcast there. They don't even think audio. They think it's oh, that's a video on YouTube. That's what they think it is. So you want to be, be sure that you're putting your content out there and your marketing efforts in the different formats people are actually consuming and people actually prefer. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. And actually, I mean, this podcast is, is a great example of how you, you don't need to be super professional early on. You know, when this started, it was just, it was literally me with a microphone at my desk, audio only. And then when we went down the video, it was just me using my webcam. And then I got an old S digital SLR. And, you know, what, what if you're watching this on YouTube now, I've got this lovely virtual uh, studio behind me and we've got a green screen set up. And all of that's only happened in the last few months. And yet this podcast is, you know, four, four plus months, uh, four plus years old. So, yeah, I, I agree. You, you don't have to, and MSPs especially like to think, right, video, kit, I'm going to go and get kit because MSPs are good at kit. <laughs> Whereas mm. the rest of us think, oh my God, we've got to go and buy some kit. MSPs mm. are, you know, rubbing their thighs because they get to buy kit. But I think that's the <laughs> wrong place to start. That I think you're right, Matt. The right place to start is actually, it, it goes back actually to those problems that you were talking about earlier, that the right place to start is is the, the what am I going to talk about? What are we going to present? And, and how is that going to be received by the other person? Okay. Yeah. Tell, us, tell us what you do do with videos? Uh, how do you help MSPs? And what's the best way to get in touch with you? 
Yeah, so uh, our company, we created what is now called the content in a box. And content in a box is really, it's it's taking all of those baseline, basic marketing, foundational things every business needs and just taking it off your plate. Because we discovered really quickly that when we were doing video with podcasting and we discovered pretty fast, a lot of our friends and people we'd known over the years who own businesses on, in many different industries from super high tech stuff to just, you know, people who are serving customers kind of B2C format. They were coming to us saying, this is overwhelming overwhelming. My marketing is daunting. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have time to figure this out. And if they hired a marketing agency, it would cost them tens of thousands of dollars and they'd get the same lackluster results. And so content is in a box is based off of uh, you give us, you know, 30 minutes of your time each month and we deliver 30 days of content. And that content comes in a box that we also schedule and post to your social media platforms of choice. But it is video. It is a video, long form video. It is the audio podcast. It is a video shorts, the vertical format shorts like you see on Facebook and Instagram reels, TikTok and YouTube shorts, which are really the highest value commodity as far as video goes today and how people consume content. Uh, we write an SEO focused blog article in this in this box that's delivered for your website with the images and everything for you. Uh, and then we create social media graphics and GIFs to a company. So you basically have 30 days worth of a variety of content to post. And all you have to do is just show up because we want you in the video. That's important. We want to we want to demonstrate you as an authority, as a subject matter expert, as a leader in your field. But you show up to do the recording. Uh, we handle the rest for you. So that's kind of our 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 passion project, if you will, that we've developed over the last several years. And then beyond that, we also serve as a full service content marketing agency. So we have, you know, big clients who we do full service SEO and kind of layering on different services, video production as they're needed. But that content in a box is kind of our our bread and butter uh, entry uh, package that we offer that any business of any size can really leverage and take advantage of. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. And Matt, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, so our website is thecontentbox.com and that's the easiest way to get a hold of us. You can learn more about about us. And if you if you like emotional marketing, uh, we got a blog article that I know you kind of pointed out as far as uh, this would be good to talk about today, all about emotional marketing that is up on the website. And you can read through our main page because we're big believers in uh, Donald Miller's story brand uh, structure, which would be my book recommendation as well, uh, Marketing Made Simple, uh, because it really just takes you through the journey of like what you're experiencing now and how we can help solve those real problems for you. Paul Green's MSP Marketing Podcast. This week's recommended book. Hey everyone, my name is Braith Bamk and I'm the Executive Director of BNI here in Melbourne, Australia. And my book recommendation is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. I love this book. My business mentor got me onto it about seven or eight years ago and it's really changed the way I do things on a daily basis. So the principle is really simple stuff, and I love simple. Effectively, the the idea is that the decisions that we make on a daily basis don't have a massive impact on us today or tomorrow or even the next day, but cumulatively, they have a massive effect over time. So let me give you an example. If you don't go to the gym tomorrow, you're not going to be a heart attack waiting to happen the day after. But if you consistently don't exercise for the next three or four years, your health probably won't be as good as it could possibly be. Likewise, if you eat a healthy meal today, you're not going to notice anything tomorrow. But you do that over the next couple of years, every meal, and you're going to see a massive difference. 
but it's very easy to get discouraged because you don't see results today. So you've got to stick with the course and the slight edge really helps you to understand the little tiny decisions we make every single day cumulatively have a massive impact. It's kind of like uh, interest in the bank account. You don't see it for a long time and all of a sudden you seem to have a massive account balance growing and growing. So that is a slight edge by Jeff Olson. I love it. Read it. He talks about seven principles. You will love the book. It's been a founding light for me. Coming up next week. I'm Chad Lauterbach, founder and CEO of B Structured Technology Group. And from 2007 to date, I grew my MSP from just me in my one bedroom apartment in Los Angeles to 25 people in downtown LA. And you can hear my story on Paul's podcast. And on top of that interview with Chad, we're going to be talking next week about remarketing. I've mentioned it earlier. It's a fantastic way to get a message in front of someone when they've already been on your website. It can be a very, very powerful way of following someone up to make sure you get the sale. Join me next Tuesday and have a very profitable week in your MSP. Made in the UK. For MSPs around the world. Paul Green's MSP, MSP Marketing Podcast.